Hey, everybody, welcome back to another edition of Bavarian Podcast Works. This is Chuck Smith, and I'm here to bring you the preview show for Bayern Munich's big Champions League matchup versus Benfica, which will take place in Lisbon, Portugal. And I think we're all expecting a pretty good match. Uh, Obviously, Benfica is a, a good squad. They may not be as powerful or as deep as Bayern Munich, but I think that the nature of this game is going to lend itself to being competitive, at least at the outset. Uh, Benfica is a proud, historically good team, and uh, we'll get things kicked off by looking at the recent form of both clubs. And uh, we'll start out with Benfica, who, to be honest, like I don't follow the Portuguese league, so I'm not altogether super familiar with, but I do know enough about them to tell you that they are not going to make things easy for Bayern Munich on their home turf. But Benfica's recent form has been kind of puzzling. Obviously, a good team, uh, very similar in many people's eyes to Bayern Munich because they kind of rule the roost in their domestic league. And obviously, Benfica is not as well regarded as Bayern Munich, but we obviously see a lot of criticism toward clubs like Bayern Munich or Benfica that traditionally are powerhouses within their own league and quite often uh, win the league more than uh, they do not. So uh, with Benfica, they've kind of scuffled a bit in their last two games. Uh, they had a 2-1 victory, and I'm going to butcher all of these names, so I hope you appreciate it, <laughs> Trofense in the Taca de Portugal. Uh, it was 1-1, and then an added extra time, Benfica was able to pull it out. But the game before that in Liga Portugal uh, was a little more telling that Benfica might have been looking past a couple of games here and maybe eyeing up this showdown with Bayern Munich. Uh, Benfica dropped a 1-0 decision to Porto Manens. Not altogether shocking that Benfica would lose a game just that, you know, basically against a team that they lost to. Uh, It's it's not that there's a big issue uh, with Porto Manens. They are the fifth place team. But uh, Benfica is what I would say much deeper, much more powerful. So, Uh, You know, in the league, Benfica's won four of their last five, but none of that really matters as they prepare to face off with Bayern Munich. Uh, This Benfica roster is experienced. Uh, You see a lot of veteran players, uh, quite a bit, uh, uh, quite a few on the older side, Uh, but these are players that know how to win. They're not going to be overwhelmed by the stage of the Champions League. And there are two players, especially, I think that we should probably focus on uh, from a Bayern Munich perspective. One, uh, Darwin Nunez, who is a player, a 22-year-old striker, and he is a player that uh, Bayern Munich has been loosely connected to. Uh, And it'll be interesting to see if uh, how he handles this kind of stage. He's from Uruguay. And uh, he's known as being a bit of a scoring machine. So we'll see how he can deal with Bayern Munich's defense. And we'll see how the, the Bavarians align. Uh, obviously, there are a couple of question marks on the back line uh, with pending jail sentences, injuries, uh, lack of form, <laughs> just about everything. So uh, how Nunez performs against Bayern Munich will, will be telling I don't know that I necessarily believe uh, too much in, or, or would read too much into the rumors linking Bayern Munich to Nunez, but it'll be interesting to see how he does nonetheless. And if you do pay attention to that kind of thing, 
it'll give you a good chance to watch him up close and personal and see what kind of striker he is, what kind of forward he is, uh, what kind of versatility he has. And if you think that would translate to the field at the Allianz Arena. Now, the other player that I think Bayern Munich uh, fans will be focused on is Julian Weigel, who, of course, had a pretty good career at Borussia Dortmund. And Weigel was one of those players who I think a lot of people expected to be on this trajectory of eventually being on the German national team. Uh, as a defensive midfielder, he uh, has been known for his passing and his ability to distribute. Uh, he's physically a pretty slight player, so he's not one of these destroyer type sixes that you might see. Uh, but it, his career kind of came off the rails a little bit at Borussia Dortmund uh, when they started to invest in their midfield and they brought in players like Axel Witzel and Thomas Delaney, uh, along with the other cast of characters that Borussia Dortmund had and has brought in uh, over the course of time. It just created a bit of a log jam there. And Weigel uh, was the odd man out, was not really happy with his playing time. Didn't seem like he was on quite on the same page with many of the coaches that he had at Borussia Dortmund. And in fact, had played some center back, which was kind of odd because, uh, you know, he is, like I said, a very slight player. He's not someone that's going to go out and win a lot of aerial duels and muscle you off the ball. Um, but he's a very smart player. Uh, he's very good technically, uh, you know. And he's not small in terms of his height. Uh, he's listed at six foot one, but uh, just physically not quite the specimen uh, you might see like Leon Goretzka. So uh, Weigel, of course, very familiar with Bayern Munich, very familiar with the players uh, on Bayern Munich. So he should be able to help Benfica. But, you know, in the end, this is a match that's going to be won by talent. It's going to be won by depth. And I think Bayern Munich is just going to wear down Benfica. And, uh, you know, right now we'll shift things over to trying to take a look at how Bayern Munich is going to align itself for this match. And there are a couple of things that are going to come into play. One, Alfonso Davies picked up a knock in the last match. Uh, Bayern Munich, of course, has been in great form. Uh, they crushed Bayer Leverkusen 5-1. Uh, that was a, an impressive match, to say the least. Of course, prior to that, they dropped the decision to Eintracht Frankfurt. But before Frankfurt, Bayern, again, was on a roll. So, uh, it looks like Frankfurt was just a brief hiccup, but as I said, Davies picked up a knock, and that will always create a little bit of shifting, and we'll see what Julian Nagelsmann does. It'll be very interesting because I, I kind of think he'll be tempted to roll out with a back three just because of the personnel that he will have, but we'll see, and I guess for this prediction on the lineup, I'll, I'll continue to keep it a 4-2-3-1, but again, I, I guess it's possible Luca Hernandez reports to jail between the time this podcast is recorded and when this game happens, it's doubtful. Uh, he did file an appeal, but anything is possible these days. So we'll work under the assumption that uh, Luca Hernandez is not in an orange jumpsuit before the game. And uh, we'll also operate under the assumption uh, that Leon Goretzka, who has a cold, will not be used as a starter. Again, we don't know what's going to happen with Goretzka. He could, he could be good to go. It's just a cold. But in this instance, I think it would probably be a good opportunity for Julian Nagelsmann to get Marcel Sabitzer into the starting lineup. It's really the perfect opportunity. You can probably convince Leon Goretzka to take a little bit of a rest and get well so he's ready for the weekend. 
And it would give you the chance to roll out Sabitzer, see what he can do in a high-profile setting for Bayern Munich. We all know he's got the chops to do this uh, on any stage in football on earth. But can he do it at Bayern Munich? That's what people want to see. And I, I think, you know, he's obviously become a little bit frustrated. So, uh, you know, this would be a good chance to get him out there and have him show what he can do. So let's start with goalkeeper. Obviously, we're going to go with Manuel Neuer. The back line, like I said, this could really shift. And there is a possibility we could see a back three. But I'm going to assume that we're going to see Luca Hernandez at left back. We'll see Nicholas Sula and Dio Upamakano as the center backs. And I think we'll see Benjamin Pavar at right back. Now, Pavar is, is a player that's come under fire at BFW. He's come under fire in France. He's come under fire on social media. This poor guy cannot catch a break. I don't think he's been terrible. Has it been his best season? No. Uh, you know, and unfortunately for him, he's digging himself a hole by taking his his case to the media and trying to say why he deserves to be a starter for France or for Bayern Munich. And the ones who watch him know how good he is. And I think for the most part, he's correct. He's a very solid player, a defensively focused player. And yes, I do agree with him. He's been playing out of position. I think he really is a center back who has been playing right back, but uh, you know, I'm not going to ignore, you know, his bouts with inconsistency not going to ignore the fact that I think he rushed back last season and that killed him in the first half of the season. I think had he taken his time last season and really just recovered from that injury and built himself back up, he could have alleviated a lot of the issues that he's had this year because I think that down period and the up and down performances that he had in the Hinronda last season really just gave fans doubt and gave people within the club doubt that he was really the right person to man the right back position. And now he has set himself up for any time he makes a mistake for everyone to jump all over him. Uh, you know, when you take your case to the media, like Benjamin Pavard did this week in a pretty extensive interview with canal plus uh, you really have to back that up. So for the sanity of Benjamin Pavar, for the sanity of people on social media, and for the BFW community, I hope he goes out and plays a really good game against Benfica uh, because anything he does wrong is going to be nitpicked, and that's half the people that will be doing that are on our staff at BFW. So, uh, you know, I, I'm sure the poor guy cannot catch a break, and he probably will not want to read uh, go back and read the live blog if uh, I need no name does it as he usually does because – I am sure our guy will have a lot of choice words for Pavar in the live blog. Uh, but otherwise, at midfield, I think we're going to see Joshua Kimmich. And I do think we'll see Marcel Sabitzer. I just think Goretzka is going to get that day off. I think it's perfect timing. And I think Nagelsmann can convince Goretzka that it's okay to take the day. One, you're sick. Two, it's a Champions League match against Benfica, a, a team that theoretically Bayern Munich should be able to handle. So I think this is a good opportunity, like I said previously, for Nagelsmann to make that point. Now, what I would like Nagelsmann to do is make that point to Kimmich before he runs himself into the ground. And as I've said before, every time I criticize Kimmich for always playing and needing to take a day, he goes out and scores a brace or whatever. So uh, maybe he'll do that against Benfica, but I still stand by it. I'd like to see him get more rest because he's so vital to what the team does. I think he needs to freshen up his legs. And uh, taking a day off every now and again would be good for him because he runs so hot. 
he is always so intense. He's going to wear himself down. And I think there are a lot of people like that in life, no matter what your vocation is, whether you are a footballer or you are a mechanic or you are a landscaper or whatever, if you're always work, 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 and you're always grinding and always fighting and always pushing, eventually you're going to get to the point where your body does start to wear down. So even a loser blogger like myself can feel a little bit run down after a while. So uh, I'm hoping that Kimmich and Nagelsmann can hook up and eventually figure out a way to give him some time off. Out on the wings, uh, this looks like it's an opportunity for Kingsley Coman to get a start. Now, Nagelsmann looks like he has really uh, preferred the duo of Leroy Sané and Serge Gnabry, but I do think Again, this is a good chance for a rotation. Coman and Gnabry could be a good mix here, or Gnabry, or I'm sorry, Coman and Sané could be a good mix. Uh, you know, it just depends on who Nagelsmann wants to give a day off. Uh, Gnabry is coming off a brace, so I would assume that maybe Leroy Sané could use a day to recharge his batteries and maybe come in for just a 30-minute stint or so in the second half. But that's, that's what I would do on the wing. I would probably get Coman back into the mix. Uh, reading Nagelsmann's comments over the past few days, it does seem like he is willing to work with Coman and integrate him back into the rotation, not just kind of push him aside because of his contractual status. And it was also kind of interesting to see that Nagelsmann indicated earlier today, today being uh, Tuesday, that he views his wing situation is pretty much being a three wing uh, setup uh, with three players rotating through the two spots. And it was very curious to me that he kind of alluded to that because Jamal Musiala has arguably been their best wing for the last, yeah, I don't know what, 10 months now. Um, so it's very curious as to why Nagelsmann would move him out of the mix or not use him as much there, because I do think he's been tremendous. Uh, what Nagelsmann did say is that uh, they kind of view Musiala as a uh, understudy to Thomas Muller at this point. And while, you know, that's not such a bad place to be, Thomas Muller doesn't come off the field that much. And Musiala can do so much for the squad, including play a hell of a wing. So uh, I'm a little disappointed with that. I would like to see Musiala more involved in the wing mix. Um, but the way Nagelsmann coaches, when he brings in players like Musiala, he kind of floats and really doesn't have a position sometimes. So, uh, you know, I guess it's all a matter of terminology and tactics and how you want to reference someone. But, uh, you know, I do think Musiala would be better served to be included in that wing rotation and be a part of the mix each week. And should and he should start if he deserves it. Um, and in my estimation, he hasn't done anything to really hurt his case. Uh, sure. Leroy Sané and Serge Gnabry have picked up their respective pace of late, uh, but Musiala has been great. And uh, it's a little disappointing that he might not get as much playing time at wing because I thought that was a really good position for him. And then we would get to Thomas Muller and Robert Lewandowski, seemingly the two players that never come off the pitch and deservedly so because they really are the heartbeat of the squad. They are the engine, whatever kind of analogy or reference you want to make. Uh, Muller and Lewandowski certainly are that to Bayern Munich. As far as a prediction goes, um, I think Benfica is going to show some fight. I think this is an, is an experienced roster. I don't think they're going to be intimidated. In fact, I think they're going to come out hard. I don't think they're going to sit back. 
I think they're going to push Bayern Munich early. I think they're going to make them uh, feel the heat. They're going to challenge them. They're going to pressure them. They're not going to give up much defensively. But eventually, when you try and go toe-to-toe with Bayern Munich and you try and go punch for punch, you're going to lose. I mean, most teams on earth are going to lose that battle. And I think Benfica is too proud to sit back, park the bus, and hope for a tie. I think they're going to play. I think they are going to come out swinging and they're going to try and go punch for punch. So while they may be able to hang with their jabs early, uh, I do think Bayern Munich is going to land a couple of haymakers. And I think eventually we are going to see a three nil victory for Bayern Munich. I just don't think Benfica quite has the offense to challenge Bayern Munich at this point. And even with some of the spots being switched around along the back line and with the potential of Sabitzer filling one of those six roles for Bayern Munich, uh, I don't think there's going to be much miscommunication. I think this will be pretty seamless. I think Bayern just has professionals in those positions. I mean, it's Marcel Sabitzer, and there shouldn't be really a reason for anyone to be concerned about his performance. It's Luca Hernandez shifting out to left back, uh, a position where he won a World Cup. Uh, you know, it's not like they're pulling uh, Tom Adams off of the BFW Twitter feed and throwing him at left back, right? I mean, uh, this is not a stretch. So, uh, it should be a good one, should be a fun one. Uh, but ultimately, I do think that Bayern Munich is going to take care of business and uh, put Benfica away like they should. So uh, once again, uh, thanks for listening to this podcast. We always appreciate our listeners. Uh, we appreciate every time you check in and give us some feedback, especially on Twitter or on BavarianFootballWorks.com. You can always get me on Twitter at The Barrel Blog. You can get our site at the main account at Bavarian FB Works, which is run by Tom Adams, who always does a hell of a job. You can get Jake at Jefferson Fenner. You can get Tom Adams on his personal account at Tommy Adams 71 And you can get I Need No Name at BFWINNN. Thanks again for listening and have a good time with this game. We'll, uh, we'll definitely bring you some good game day coverage, including a post-game podcast. So please check that out. Thanks again for listening and we will see you next time.